Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. On this episode of Life as an Observer, I talked to DJ Taz Rashid about creative wisdom that's in the body, self-realization, what his songwriting processes are, some of the challenges that have been in making music and producing music in the last year while locked down. And we also talk about what the good life is and what that consists of. What are some of the things that you need to fill your cup to have a good life and to be able to move forward? at the end of your life, knowing that you fulfilled that purpose. Really great stuff, talking to DJ Taz about his music and kind of what it means and kind of the deeper side of creation of music. Not just the beats and the melodies, but really what does it mean to be a mindful music producer? Take a listen. This is an amazing episode with DJ Taz Rashid. Hey, Taz. Good to have you here. Ryan, what's up, brother? Awesome being on your show. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, thanks for being on Life as an Observer. I uh, Last time we saw each other, it was music and lights flashing around us, and now we're <laughs> in a little bit more mellow of an environment here. But um, I want to kind of introduce my audience to who you are and why I wanted to, to have a conversation with you. I think all of our conversations have been around events and music, and I wanted to just kind of get to go a little deeper with you and, and learn a little bit more about who you are beyond the music, because your music certainly speaks for itself. But um, thank, you. thank you. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I've been a, a fan for for many years and kind of just watching the evolution of it and the collaborations of your music and and just the things that, that you've done. And um frankly i just think it's just a really creative mind when i when i when i listen to your music i'm like wow super creative getting really deep into into expression and how we want to move and so when you know when i teach yoga i i don't really teach alignment based i mean yes there is alignments to keep us safe but i really yeah. talk a lot about how mobility and the way we move is kind of more important, especially as it relates to like the, the long run. And, um, you know, I want, I'd rather be able to be able to walk when I'm 90 than I really care about <laughs> a triangle pose. You know, that's, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not what I'm, what I'm all that interested in. So, you know, we, um, I, I, I only know your newest albums and, and some of them going back, but what, what really gets me is, is, when you name them. And, and so I, that, that's kind of what made me wanted to think, you know, we have Seeker and Sage and Elements and Ananda, which, for, you know, those who don't know, Ananda is bliss. And, and so you've taken these things that are important to us in a, in a yogic sense, you know, the, the Seeker and the Sage and the Elements and, and the bliss and, and kind of expressed them musically. And I, I guess what I'm most curious about is your creative uh wisdom that's in the body and and how do we kind of tap into that in a way that it equals bliss you know how do yeah. we you know through music or through movement what is your idea of how we tap into that creative wisdom that's within ourselves mm, that's deep yeah there's a lot there um <laughs> so i guess the best way to 
approach all this is first like first of all thanks for having me on the show and uh it's good to connect here and um i have a feeling we're gonna go into some deeper subjects around this which is um you know i do a lot of podcasts and i don't always know what we're gonna be talking about last one i was speaking about was like being sober and like getting out of my corporate uh. life and it's, it's like so this is great I, i'm loving the direction we're going right now going straight into the music um so the the wisdom of the body yeah for for me the the secret has been really understanding the breath and studying the breath uh from the beginning you know um i think a lot of my deeper spiritual work and the most biggest um expressive expressive enlightenment i guess if that's even a word uh, i guess i maybe just made it up you just made has, it up it's the name has, of your next song <laughs> i like that expressive enlightenment um has been through breath work like a lot of it has been through breath work and understanding the breath and so i think around 2013 maybe four no 14 i started working with skylar grant who's uh, one of the co-founders of wanderlust and we started like nerding out about the breath and the beat of music and how like music can really support with with the right like bpm you know beats per minute kind of like the rhythm and flow in different sequencing of a yoga class and that like that's like part of me so when i'm writing music like i'm it's not even like i'm thinking about it but it's there you know i'm 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 intuitively working with like could i flow to this music you know with like in like a vinyasa class or any kind of yoga you know movement when it comes to with this beat and be connected to my breath at the same time and so whether that's a yoga song or a song for ecstatic dance or movement or for cardio or fitness type music i'm like i'm constantly like intuitively thinking about that as i'm writing music so how can the breath be connected to the beat and so that's a big part of what i'm creating from like the foreground, you know, is that a word? I don't know. It's foreground. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. What, what's out? In, what, what's out in front? And then you, you add the melody. You know, you, yeah. that's kind of like. And then the background it has the bass, and it totally. has the totally. and it has the ambiance. I guess is is yeah. in the is in the background. And absolutely. You know, I, I mean, on, on uh, the last episode of of Life as an Observer, I had a, a friend of mine, Jesse, who's a breath worker. You know, and that's mm. kind of what we that's kind of what we share. We you know Wim Hof method and oh, some yeah. other and some other pranayam and. We, we were discussing how important breath is because yes. it's it's exactly what we've we, as humans we've forgotten how to breathe mm -hmm. it's just in, just in general we breathe through the mouth we don't sleep right we take medications to help us sleep and there's all kinds of things that can be corrected with our breath and yes. if i'm hearing you here you, you're saying the creative process starts with your breath that's where yeah. you begin like maybe just going inward a little bit a small breath work meditation and then it's sort of uh, the creative, um, uh, I like to call it the inspired action happens Absolutely. after that. So the inspired yeah, action. And, and a lot of my creative expressions come through like during um, practices of yoga or cardio or running. I like to run with my wife. We let run like once, sometimes twice a week or whatever I'm practicing. Like when I'm in like experience of heavy, like or more like either ecstatic breathing or different, like I get like a lot of downloads of creativity or ideas. And I try to like, I usually won't stop the process to write it down. So I'll try to remember it, you know, cause that, that make, it becomes a block. Oh my God, an idea, I got to write this down. Like we want to do that, but 
that will take us out of the experience that we're having in that moment, you know? So um, I try best to like try to remember it, but you know, if it's a good enough idea, usually it'll stick around or you, you try to remember it. Sometimes it's forgotten, but I do notice that a lot of creativity for me comes through when I do a lot of breath, you know, activities that involve breath work. Um, so any kind of breathing exercises or whatever that is, uh, so I highly encourage that and people to try out if, if anyone's ever feeling like, creative block or writer's block or anything like that, you know, breathing works. So is that, as I guess that's where I'm going next is, so when you have that block, I know I go through stages where I'm like, I just want to like create some music and some days I just want to write. And some days I want to just, you know, maybe paint something. And we go through these, like, for me, it's a, it's, it's just a wave of like, okay, now that, now that, now that, and mm -hmm. you know, for you, your, your, creative process we've talked about it as breathwork but what happens when you do hit a block yeah. and and you're saying i have our you know i've collaborated with this person already i've you know i've done this thing i've created this ambiance what's the next step so you're you're do you are you are you an artist in a way do you do you just play other people's music like what inspires you outside yeah. of breath yeah absolutely oh yeah absolutely so um yeah i love working with others um but I really, you know, I've just in the last few years, like as a solo artist, what inspires me is just really listening to a lot of music and other people's music. And a lot of times it's just random stuff. Like I'll go on different playlists and just listen for inspiration because I mean, whether people want to admit this or not, we are all just a bunch of programs running around, you know, since we were born where we've been inspired by everything and anything around us, what we've heard, what we've seen, what we listen to, what we watch, who we are around, what energy we are giving ourselves to. So it's like, so that process doesn't stop. Even as adults, you know, we're kind of continuously consuming energy, whether we realize it or not, what kind of energy that is, is up to us. So for me, like I surround myself with different kinds of music, inspiration, whether, and this could be like all different genres from rock to electronic house, whatever it is, classic rock, old stuff. I'm always listening. And from that process, like as, especially as a musician, as a DJ, I'm like constantly downloading like either ideas or like snippets of inspiration or like, oh, I like that. I want to do something like that. I want, I want to learn how to do that. Or like I could create something like that, you know? And so it's more like active creation with inspiration, you know? Um, it's, it's not even like, oh, I'm trying not to copy. It's like, we're copying regardless we like it or not like we're constantly hearing other things and our subconscious is like making prints of that in our creative outflow so the more we do that actively we can actually do that in a very um with, with a strong intention of like taking something and just remixing it in our head in our own way you know i could hear like some like deep house song and I'd be like i love that i could create something like that but in my own flavor you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. In my own taste. And that's, and creative people all know this, whether you're doing painting or you're creating music, we emulate life, you know? So surround yourself with what you want to like listen to or what you want to do. If you're any kind of creative person or whether you're creating anything in general, you have to constantly surround yourself with new ideas and new ways of expressing yourself. And um, that's where the ideas really come from is life and just everything that's already happening out there and then what's invoked within 
is a special sauce that we all have, you know, whether that's Shakti or our Muse energy, however you want to call it, you know. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could put you in a, in a box or a category, Taz, honestly, if I were, <laughs> I mean, you know, from, from the stuff that I, you know, sometimes offer in, in yoga to, you know, recently you, you did a, a Nirvana uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> cut remix of it, which Cover, was yeah. completely different than, than the something. Yeah, album. <laughs> yeah. So different. And then, and then there was, um, there was what the wild thing that just came out, you mm-hmm. know, recently, mm-hmm. which is totally yeah. different too. So yeah. I'm seeing what you're telling me in application where you're like, you know what? I think I can do that a little different, yeah, but still be true to its original form, but then give it my own like personal yeah. spin, which is kind of awesome. And I, you know, I know that a lot of, uh, I have friends who, who play around with mixing music and, you know, I do a little bit of it myself and, yeah. and you know, I, I can imagine that your list of tools and arsenal is, is pretty large to be able to create what you do. Can you tell me about what, yeah. you, you know, so, I mean, do you start uh, with a, with a beat, you know, you come out of breath work, you start with a beat, you maybe add some keys, do you sample, tell me about how that looks when you're putting together, uh, for instance, you, you know, something that's a, we'll just say like a collaborative song. So you, you're getting this from someone else, you're getting this from, you know, uh, uh, one of the collaborators and they've given you a beat but then what do you do with that from there yeah um there's not like one equation for any of this um and, and a lot of collaborations they they work in different ways um but sometimes they're you know we're in the same room sometimes we're not but you know depending on the type of project it is and what we're working on it can go many ways. It can be that we start with chords, you know, lay that down and then build a beat on top of that, or we're building a beat and then laying the chords on top of that, you know, so there's different ways to go about it. What I personally love doing, um, I'll start by saying, so I've been playing instruments since like fifth grade, you know, my main instrument is the keyboard and um, piano. And then I started playing guitar. So um, from, from very young, you know, like, yeah, like fifth, sixth grade, I have to say that like, I've been very lucky that my parents actually took me to piano classes and I was able to take like theory classes. And I'm very lucky because that stuff stayed with me forever. And now I'm really like happy that I learned that at such a young age because I can just figure out melodies, chords, things like that very easily. Because like I have that, I mean, I didn't go to school for music, but because I had that as a child, like I can just figure out a key or whatever in like two seconds it's just like Mm. for some people that takes like it's really difficult or they just can't do it because they just didn't have that opportunity as a child it's like it's like a language you know so for me i can kind of start wherever whether it's a beat or lay down the bass lay down like just a chord progression but personally i love to just be on the keyboard and playing chords and writing like Mm. a progression and then laying a beat on top of that you know, you've had you've had some, some you've had some success in in capturing yeah. an audience. You know, for, from me to others, um, that is very interested in hearing what happens next. It's like it does build. It has that progression, like you talked about. It just mm-hmm. it's it's really beautiful, and it's like this this almost like it's telling a story. You know, and and sure. so like I said, you've had some success. Is there one particular? EP or song that you're most proud of? I know you've had a couple of them that that have <laughs> that that have kind of been staples, and you've done yeah. remix albums on them and stuff. But is there one in particular that the audience would want to know that hey, this is the one that Taz likes a lot? 
Man, I it's hard to pinpoint because of their so they were I, I personally really love like the the kind of music I created like with inspiration drive. You may yeah. have heard that one. Um that's it's a very like clean, modern, like simple, like piano and beats, but it just like it gets to like the core soul of like what you know what I'm trying to do with the music is to like have like an awakening experience on the yoga mat. That's kind of like mm. my theme and purpose of creating music is how can the yogi like go through an, almost like a journey with during their practice and like any teacher can use the music. And that's probably also why I create so many different styles of music, genres, things like that, is that like you could make a playlist of like a night, like you make like a 60 minute, 75 minute playlist with a lot of my different music and you know, the audience, if they're not familiar with me, may think that it's like five different artists, you know, yeah. uh, in that whole thing. But I'm not doing that on purpose. That's just what comes through. Honestly, a lot of artists may look at that as like, oh, he doesn't have one sound. And I'm personally very okay with that because yeah. I'm almost treating my um, production like as a DJ, which is like, how would I play this music? Like as a DJ, I would play like a lot of different styles of music, right? Like personally, I wouldn't just play like one thing in yeah. a yoga class or how I would set it up. So I'm producing kind of like the way I would want to experience like a yoga class. And that's how I'm producing it. So like one mm. song could be like a rock feel. One could be like an electro feel. One is like a modern down-tempo chill feel. I don't know. So it's like, um, yeah, yeah, if that helps. Yeah, you know, I, the, I, I think I kind of know a lot of your business was being live and being in yoga classes. That was, was kind of your, that was your model. It was like, I'm going to produce music, but I really want yes. to be at the festivals and I want to yes. be at music classes and I want to be out there um, yeah. offering my music. Um, and it, with the challenges that we've had in the last year, you've kind of changed your, your business model a little bit from same as I, <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> from, right? but yeah, same, same as all of us. But, but I, I remember talking to you about how we're adapting to this digital model. And I, I saw you kind of as a leader in the forefront of like, let's, let's change what we're doing. We have the tools and, and, and swap. Can you talk to me a little bit about the challenges that have been in going from a live music producing DJ to doing a lot of, I mean, you're producing a track almost every week and, and just yeah. and kind of creating that. What have been the challenges around that from, um, from just uh, from the previous place where you were, where you were performing all the time? Yeah. You know, okay. So interestingly, you know, when COVID like struck deep and everyone just shut down live events, like I immediately saw the opportunity to go really go online and just, build my own reality on there you know like as far as like performing so i didn't stop performing i i think i performed over like i don't even know like 140 events last year during covid all on zoom mm -hmm. you know with different teachers and communities and festivals all over the world so i was definitely busy djing and but i was working harder than ever because yes i was djing from my home but i wasn't so i didn't have to fly around anywhere but you know, obviously events like that as a musician, they don't, they didn't pay as well as like a festival or like an in-person event, but they still paid. So they, it added up and it supported myself and my family. So I'm grateful for that. 
but um, I had to work extra hard for that, you know, and I, I was actually in love with it because I was making music regularly at home and then I was playing it all the time. So all the new music I was writing, I was like testing and playing it with communities mm. all over the world right away. Like I could write a song and play it that night for a community in Luxembourg that, or like an event that I'm doing in Detroit all online, you know, like whatever it was. So it was a really cool way for me to get a lot of um practice in that way like right away with different communities all digitally online um did i like it yeah it was cool um uh, I'm, I'm not in love with just sitting in my room and djing and or stay, whatever you know wherever i am yeah. usually i was in my room i like the human connection i personally love being at the event connecting with yogis and you know mindfulness communities festivals and it's coming back um that, so yes, I had to do that. I made it work. It was successful, but now I feel like we're starting to go back out to outdoor events and that's exciting because I have a lot of those starting to come up and, you know, build. So that was a challenge, you know, but we got through it somehow, you know, we're here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My business model changed, yours changed. And we somehow, you know, I always, I tell my students that the, that the, confrontation or the challenge that's where the transformation is Absolutely. and and i think that what we all went through was a confrontation or a challenge and we've coming out transformed in a way you know i'm learning to, to use different equipment i never used before and totally. uh, addressing uh technical issues that i wouldn't have known how to address you know with the pc or with a mac or you know you're just you're kind of learning those things it's it's uh, well, it's been fun nonetheless. But so, so you're back. You're getting back on the road. You're getting you're getting ready to start yes. traveling. Um, yes, and they're mostly outdoor events, which I like. Uh, I also do these events with the sound off headphones, uh, like a silent disco. So those are great because you can do them outside. Um, I can be out in nature uh, doing yoga classes, 50, 60 people. I own 200 of them, so I could do larger events if I wanted to. But I don't think on the regular those that size events are happening uh, as commonly yet. Maybe they will sooner, but mostly events are like 50, 60 people, um, maybe a little more outdoors, you know, in a field or somewhere in nature, things like that, or beach. And um, they're, yeah, and I love them. And um, this summer is going to be busy with that. Uh, one of the things I was going to mention, uh, Ryan, is that, you know, while last year, like you, you mentioned about how when there is a challenge, we we rise, something new comes up. For me, one of the things was a lot of yoga teachers started reaching out to me because they were online and they needed, you know, copyright free music or like music to use in their programs, not just, you know, on Zoom, but like content they were creating that they're monetizing mm. and licensing music, like legally, it can be very expensive. You have to get the master sync license for each individual song, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I created a program that's extremely affordable, you know, hundred bucks a year and you get access to like hundreds of songs for all your content. It's like ridiculous. So I created that, you know, I hired somebody, I put this whole thing together and now it's available. Like you can go on my website and see it and anybody around the world can sign up and get access to all this music for their programs. So whether they're a studio or a teacher, but I don't think I would have done that. Like if I was on the road mm. grinding away at the, on my tour like, so now I have this great product, you know, that could be for life. You know, it's a person, my personal thing. I also have the music for me, 
uh, the album I did with Soul Rising, also uh, all the albums I've done with Momentology and his catalog and Songs of Eden um, and his catalog. So I worked a collaborative system with a couple other musicians and stuff like that. And so it's, there's, the, there's the, you know, the opportunity and the obstacle, you know, the mm. the magic and the mess whatever you want to call it so so that's on your that's at um djtazrashid.com right yeah they can just yep. exactly they can go on there there's people can get it we can we can put it in the show notes or whatever like yeah yeah i'll put it down there i know uh, that you have the royalty free music and then yeah, i think that, that's getting it. on your um getting on your um uh, your newsletter too i know that you re you release a few songs so i i think for those who may have questions about why do i need that and why would that oh, be yeah. important and I mean, it's a higher quality audio, right? That they're going to be getting rather than like playing it from like Spotify or whatever. Yeah. And, we, but, but it's also about the legalities around yeah, using your music. That's the main thing. We, we give high quality MP3, but we also give, I, I also created over a hundred playlists on both Spotify and Apple Music. So yeah. if you are on those platforms, you've got ready to go playlists. You just literally hit yeah. play and, and you can save them on your, you know, personal Spotify and Apple Music things. But there are people who need the files who are actually making videos for their streaming platforms mm -hmm. and whatnot. So we do provide all the actual files for that as well. Uh, and yeah, to answer your quick question, like why do they need that? It's like it's a legal thing. Like if you're doing it and you're selling programs or anything online, when you're putting music together, you actually need what's known as a master sync license that the artist or the label gives to people. And so because I own my music. I can do that. I can provide that license to them. And then I also provide what's called a public performance license so they can take that song and use it for like a live event or whatever that they're doing. So we're actually giving two licenses all at mm. once. It's like, if you look at what is actually involved with it, it's like, it's an incredible deal um, for anyone to use, anyone that's using, creating content, it's a great thing. And there's libraries out there you know that are royalty free like music libraries but most of them are for cinematic stuff stuff for like commercials and things what what i've created is more for this like mindfulness yoga kind of mm -hmm. like where if so it's it's more niche or niche whatever the word is um uh it's cool it's it's it feels good you know and I, there are a lot of teachers using it and studios so i know people are using it it's working so it's kind no of it's it's great i you know <laughs> i i was using a i used a service it was called uh yogi tunes i think is what it was called okay yeah, yeah so yeah, another so another another, nice. another but i wasn't um uh, the 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 interface and the app wasn't exactly what i would have wanted to make mm -hmm. it user friendly and multi yeah multi-teacher license, you know, and there was, there was some issues with it. And some, you know, that that's maybe why people are hesitant about how do I use this other thing when I can just use Apple? Mm -hmm. Why, why yeah. can't I just, why can't I just use iTunes? I pay for that. Why can't yeah. I just use Spotify? I pay for that. What, what would you say to someone who, who says, I just use this and. Well, it's, you know, education is very important. You know, most, uh, most people out there don't understand about uh, proper licensing, you know, and how it works. So there's, yeah. there's an educational element around it. Um, and the Yogi Tunes are, guys are great. I know, I know the founder, Rara, Alex Harris, and um, um, they're, they're doing good stuff over there. Um, so I think for most people out there, it's like, they're either going to learn the hard way sometimes like they're going to learn the difficult way later when they may have to take down videos if they have like beetles playing in the background or something yeah. like that and so 
while this has been happening, you know, a lot of fitness yoga teachers, they've just been making videos with whatever music in the background. And they may, not, they may not know about it or they may just not care, you know, be like, hey, you know, whatever, just like, I'll just do it, you know, and, uh, and uh, it's a personal choice, but there's a legal matter, you know, and uh, I think when people know that, oh, wow, like, I'm, it's like creating a DVD. Remember DVDs back in the day? Yeah. Like, if, if you were thought about it, like, if you were creating a 20 minute or a $20 DVD that you're going to sell and you were going to put music in the background, you would probably think, that, hey, I probably need the rights to put this music in the background. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the same thing that's happening right now when you're creating an online product that's on a membership site. You're creating a quote-unquote DVD, but it lives online and it's being streamed. It's just a different platform. So it's the exact same thing. Same thing with like a live recorded Zoom class. It seems like a very simple thing, but mm -hmm. it's content and it's being monetized. So there needs to be some sort of like, you know, licensing involved with that music. That's the proper way. And so, and someone's um, like Spotify purchase does not cover that. If they were- Spotify purchase is just a personal- Personal, not business. Per, personal thing. And like, um, they may have a business thing, but even for business, if you're recording it, that's a different mm -hmm. thing. Okay. That's, that, that's uh, even if you have Spotify and you're using it in a yoga class, it's totally fine. But if you're recording that, and making into a piece of content or a video that you're selling mm. separately that's not the, just a live thing that's 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 a different that's a product like if i have britney spears in the background singing a song you know that i'm just playing through a boom box but it's being recorded too you know? is that what i hear right now Oops. That's, that's I, what's been, <laughs> you did it again you, you made another recording yeah um so, you know, it's just education. That's it. When people know about it, oh, shoot, maybe I should look into that. Like, well, be, be, because of COVID, we, we had we had to learn about those things, right? Absolutely. Because a lot of people were not teaching. We're not even familiar with a, you know, webcam or using proper microphones. And yeah. so we so we had to learn what's proper etiquette, you know, and I mean, it's something that I'm guilty of, too, you know, yeah. that I had to say, OK, teach me this. You know, how do I make this this right and how do I do this properly? And so so, yeah, so if people want uh, royalty free music that they can use on their YouTube or they can use it on their, you know, their online classes, they just need to go to your web page and you have a yeah, whole I mean, stack of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like I said, there's websites, other websites out there and uh, and I'm offering it just to help people more for the yoga, meditation, you know, everything from binaural beats to like. In, mostly instrumental stuff and you know so they can find a lot of different styles of music it all just doesn't sound the same and in some capacities it's it's good that i do have a lot of different types and genres of music so people can hear a lot of different styles you know it's not just like one sound yeah yeah i know that um through your travels you've uh had lots of different types of classes. Um, yes. You mentioned a couple of, you know, the exotic dance and the yoga and the yin yoga and the vinyasa yoga. And I think that you probably know every celebrity yogi on the planet. You know, I think you've probably done a, a class with one of them or, or a festival with one of them. And that's, you know, that's kind of how you and I connected was, was through the festival scene. Um, actually, so, something we'll talk about maybe offline, but we'll be, you know, the, the Utah festival we'll be bringing oh, yeah, back. Great. I'm actually quite interested in um, what you talked about with the headphones. Because um, oh, yeah. I think 
we have a lot of areas. And so for people who are not familiar with that, you know, teaching a class where everyone's wearing headphones kind of works like a silent disco. But, you know, we live in a, an area of like national parks here and you can't just bring a DJ and have music and do yoga in a national park. It is no. it would be highly frowned upon and shut down. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't work. So doing that with the headphones and creates an opportunity to create a party environment that doesn't have the noise no. pollution, if we want to call it that, even though it's not pollution, but you know, the, yeah. the, the, the noise pollution. So pretty cool that, that, and that's something that we'll be looking at doing for this, this next upcoming one. But I wanted to shift away from the music a little bit and, and talk a little bit about um, the non-physical, um, talk a little bit about where we are when we wake up in the morning and how we kind of get started in, into our, we, we put on our role as DJ and music creator. And we, we, we have all these, we have all these things before our feet even hit the, hit the ground. And I know that your practice, we talked about breath work and meditation help facilitate that. I want to hear a little bit about um, walking in to momentum for your day, like yeah. how that, how that starts because it's, it's uh, sometimes hard when you work from home <laughs> to, 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 to find that. So I want to hear a little bit about your momentum and yeah, how, how mean, you keep it. Most people may think that, you know, yo like all yogis and myself are like waking up at four and, and doing like all kinds of sadhana and practices and meditation yoga. I, I, I wish like I had the time to do that, but like I, I'm, a, I'm a father, you know, I have a family. Like I'm waking up with my daughter and I'm usually like with her till like, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning or sometimes even one o'clock in the afternoon if I mm. take her to classes so you know like we have different roles especially as you grow and become a family person um you're you're like a lot of those personal things that I would love to do like I'm not able to meditate in the morning like that's just not even an option for me I'll wake up at like eight o'clock with my daughter and then I'll get to use the you know restroom and then I'm just with her either making her food or hanging out with her and things like that until I take her to like a baby class and I'm with her she's only two years old you know two and a half uh, and then I went so most days like today my day started at 11 a.m okay mm -hmm. that means like I didn't even get to put on like the headphones or like get on a computer to do email or anything like that till 11 o'clock. Uh, some days it's one. So like, that's been a huge adjustment since I've had a child, you know, and I, you know, my wife, she's great. And she's had to adjust like that too. Like she's right now seeing her clients on zoom. I'm talking to you. Our baby's actually with our nanny right now and she's taking a nap, mm -hmm. you know? So we, even with a nanny, it's like, you still have tons of responsibilities for family. So if I'm meditating and when I'm meditating or going on a walk or a run, it's during my work hours, like during like say 11 to like seven or one till eight at night or whatever it is. So things have shifted like that. Um, but for me in the morning, what gives me energy is a cup of coffee. I love that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't frown down. You know, I coffee is amazing. Um, I, I've done bulletproof coffee for many years. Now I just drink regular coffee and I really won't have a big breakfast uh, or any breakfast at all. Usually I won't even eat till like one or two o'clock in the uh, afternoon. So I usually keep it pretty, if I do eat something, it'll be very minimal, like some eggs, that's it. Mm. You know, some protein, like 
I won't have bread or fruit and things like that in the morning. Um, but that gives me a lot of energy because, you know, if I have an egg, um, that's like fat and protein, you know, mixed with coffee, that's, that's energizing, you know, as far as things go. Um, but I'm ready to, I'm able to like work till like two or three o'clock and then have like lunch and I feel super charged mm -hmm. and ready to go, you know? For me, it's the uh, breath work. It's the breath work that gets me going in the morning, and and yeah, and and, and and that's usually how I get supercharged. But the, the um, what you said about not checking emails—that's actually a really good thing because you know, like if you were to like check your emails while you're in bed, you would start your day no, with, yeah. with with some things that maybe are not positive that, that may actually be a little bit negative and or things or more things you have to add to well, your even, po to -do even list. positive even positive yeah. it's a distraction that's the thing like yeah. you know like sometimes i'll take a quick peek at my email but i won't even open them i'll just look and see if, <laughs> I, work with, I work with a lot of like um countries that are like like london and different time zones israel you know different places yeah. where like they're ahead so i'll sometimes we'll see that like all right i'm going to be working with these guys today or like i have to respond to these people like later in the day when I do get back to my desk. But even that's an energetic distraction. Like the best is when I don't even open anything till later. Um, but there are people who sometimes need to hear from me. So like I have to kind of check in a little bit around nine o'clock or 10, but then table it if, if, if it's not. Hmm. There's an emergency, which there really isn't usually in my line of work. <laughs> you know, everything can wait is what I've learned. Um, so yeah, like I'm like completely like, tech free till like later in the day but i tell people like oh yeah i don't get started till like one o'clock they're like what that's crazy i'm like i'm able to accomplish a lot still you yeah have to like really figure out how to work your creative flow and juices and what works yeah we you know we we find that through our like our our, our daily practices our sadhana we kind of find that you know, this is what works for us and this is what I need to, to function. And this is how I mm -hmm. need to connect to, to non-physical self. This is how I need to connect to my family. This is how I need to be creative. And our sadhana is, you know, for, for those listening that may not know, but just kind of a, a routine in general that like, this is the, what I do. These are my daily practices. Yes. And, and that those usually revolve around some form of non-physical practice, whether it be meditation or um, breath work or uh, prayer or devotion in some way, um, which is always, you know, always a, a bonus for us. But, you know, I think we, uh, you know, we talked about your album, um, Ananda, that's the one that caught my, my eye in the name of his title because of, of bliss, you know, finding yes. that bliss. And we, I think if we, if we talk about yoga and all of its limbs um we we go through all of them which include meditation all the way at the end you know mm -hmm. as a western world we we were on the the fourth and the third over here with the, with <laughs> asana. with asana and pranayama yeah. but then yeah, we yeah. go we go through a pratyahara and dharana and dhyana and then we get into samadhi which is that that mm -hmm. self-realization state mm -hmm. so and I, I wanted to i wanted to jump that far ahead actually so i wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about um self-realization and i and the reason why I, I bring that up is you know a lot of people think yoga is that western practice yeah but really in the sutras it's only talked about once and whereas meditation <laughs> and dharana and dhyana talked about 50 plus times oh, yeah. and then then samadhi 
is, is echoed and echoed many places in the in the Vedas and the Upanishads and uh, different places. And so I kind of want to just ask you, okay. just in a very simple form, what is self-realization? What does that really mean as a, you and your incarnation now? What is self-realization to you? Man, that's a deep subject for me. Um, and it changes, you know, the way I define that as I'm evolving, you know, as a, as an individual, uh, for me, self-realization is having the experience right now that there is this body, but there's also this spirit that is living inside this body right now. And to be aware of that, um, is key. And to, so that spirit is having this like movie experience kind of like the movie avatar you know so all this stuff that's been built inside of me um all these programs all the emotions things from childhood till this point and even past karmic stuff this is all, that's all just part of that movie experience and it's not really that spirit that's living inside the spirit is just experiencing that mm -hmm. so the more i can be aware of all that the less stress i feel and not in inside of the movie being like the actor you know so self-realization for me is to just be in total awareness of what's happening you know almost like um you know watching it from like the director's seat if that can make sense like a movie like imagine this is my movie self-realization is when i become the director and not one of the actors or actresses in the scene still in charge but the, but the but the observer yeah, yeah. the observer you know and that's not always easy but uh, because of my training and everything that i've had thank god i can actually tap into that director spot rather quickly even during like really heavy moments of emergency or like like i just don't flip out anymore i don't, I don't know what it is but i just well, i can't flip out like you know like yeah it's just really interesting i moments where I should be super angry or like what I just I'm just like I don't know I just take a step back and take a deep breath again breath that's deep connection to self like realization in the moments like you know you just take that yeah. and kind of like just latch free of like that charge you may be able to have um well, tell I, me about, tell me about that. that training tell me like about what you've uh what you said because of your training tell me about that well um I'm okay so from 2009, uh, my wife and I, we've been part of this work. I don't know what, the, what this community is doing right now, but it was like the oneness blessing. It was a small uh, school based out of India, but um, a lot of like enlightenment, it's like a small enlightenment school kind of thing, mm. you know? And we studied all the different, uh, you know, the yogas, but I, we actually, my wife and I actually went down to India, South India twice to do the, the one, one time it was for two weeks to do like a training where we could teach people like awakening courses or ah. the course of a weekend. So I was like, we were geeked out about this. Like we were studying enlightenment, awakening, God realization, self-realization, like hardcore, like practice. And it wasn't just reading and studying. It was like a lot of experiential based things. And most of it, the deepest stuff were revolved around breath work that this stuff was happening. So you know, two, three weeks, two weeks of the training, we came back, we taught these courses and most of this training was around shedding or letting go of um, blocks, energetic blocks that we have around our parents, our past lovers, and our experience of how we understand God to be. Because that's really the biggest challenges most people have, whether they realize it or not, 
all those issues in our tissues are involved around our usually our, our caretakers if you don't have parents whoever like raised you pretty much we sure. have, it's the deepest wounds are from people that are closest to us right uh, so it's parents um and then uh our past lovers you know people that we were very in you know close with we have a lot of wounds around that and then a lot of people have wounds from like church you know religious type of relate their their connection or understanding of what god is or who god is a lot of us have been raised with dogmatic like types of judgment god will judge you for this so we've been judging our whole lives ourselves you know so to heal ourselves of these heavy kind of like you know psychological wounds that most of us actually have within our psyche to be able to start shedding those you just start becoming lighter and lighter and more free mm -hmm. and so you start so the self-realization becomes like a second nature type thing once you've let go of all these like onion peel or whatever mm -hmm. these layers you know as we, as we talk about so i'm i'm very lucky that i had this kind of deep work and it wasn't about a certain it wasn't a religion or it was very just straight up spiritual and anybody could work with any background whether you love jesus or allah or muhammad or if you're jewish or hindu doesn't matter what background it was all about connection to something that's important to you that's huh. why i love this work it was that you could work with whoever but it was about relationship what uh, you know what does that relationship look like because the whole our whole life is actually relationship everything that we are in conjunction with whether it's an institution or a, a guru deity a uh, prophet, God, it's all that relationship that we personally have with that thing. So starting to become aware of that will start giving us a lot of freedom in our life because we realize, oh shit, I have a lot of heaviness with this institution or this person. You know, there's all this dark energy that I have with. So then once we become aware of it, it's like taking the flashlight and looking at a dark room and seeing what's there. You know, we take the flashlight inward. And so so we did, we did that and then we even went back to India to 30 days of deep like awakening experience. It was a bhakti process. So a lot of like devotional type of awakening, yeah. which is another level where it's not just like the mind, like there's like the Buddhist awakening and then there's the Hindu type of awakening. Very different actually. The Buddhist yeah. awakening is very deity free, you know, like different kind, you know, more of like the mind just being in vastness, you know, like this expression and the hindu type of god awakening is just like being like one with the divine and just like enamored with the in the love of bhakti full of you know it's just, and i love both mm. of them uh and i've experienced both of those things and we were taught both of these like god realization versus self-realization you know and there's just so much cool stuff there so it was nice to have all that. And then I kind of went on my like DJ career, you know, with all that deep understanding and into the mindfulness scene. And I work with companies like Wanderlust and Yoga Journal who really don't deal with any of this stuff as much in the front scene. Right. But it was nice because a lot of those companies I work with were bringing in new people, you know, new yogis and meditation people who are interested in the subject, you know. So I love that. I love working with organizations where these people are actually looking for self-realization but they just don't know that yet they're just in mm. walking into the the yoga party you know but eventually they'll end up in some sort of deep realization but 
you know, it's it's really cool to work with groups that are opening the doorway for that. There's so many paths, right? There's just there's Absolutely. so many there's so many paths, and and I think where we get where we get lost is when we say there's only one. You know, oh, yeah. when we when we say there's only this one path to get us exactly. there, and even in even in meditation alone, we just we kind of you you express that oh, you know yeah. like with Buddhist meditation is going to be different than exactly. than a Hindi is going to be different than uh you know they're, they're all just different paths to the same samadhi that same self realization mm-hmm. and um yeah, it's just beautiful that it's there I one of them that, that that kind of weaves in and out of some of your music is that of mantra um mm. you know kirtan and i don't i don't, I don't know if you 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 really st- i know you play the piano a lot do you do you practice kirtan at all do you work with the harmoniums <laughs> and that kind of stuff or well interestingly i used to uh 2008 to like 2013 or something like that i was very involved with the kirtan and mantra scene uh in chicago and actually all around the country i worked with even bhakti fest I helped, mm. I helped put together the Midwest Bhakti Fest for three, four years working with uh, the Bhakti West. Uh, if you're familiar with that festival, it's like, yeah, it's like the modern Western Kirtan scene, you know, and I loved it. Like it actually allowed me that's that's what that was actually my, my music background, getting me into spiritual music was mantra. I worked with this band called Bhakti Caravan, actually, in uh, in Chicago, and I kind of like it was awesome because from the 2008 to like I said, 2012, 13, like I was probably doing like one to three Kirtan gigs a weekend. A lot of people don't know mm. about this. And I yeah. would play with, you know, this group. But then when I started working with Bhakti Fest, I was playing with different, because I was, I'm a percussionist too. So I was, I'd be playing with whoever came to town that would just call me and be like, hey man, play your Jimbe and Cajon with us. And I was like, sure. You know, uh-huh. so I, I got to play with like really amazing um fun artists like, you know, Govindas and Radha, Saul David Ray, Mike Cohen, um, Dave Stringer, and Arjun Baba. Oh, who, I, they're so, they, I've, I've worked with a lot of these guys, but this was before I got really into the produ- you know, production, music production, like, you know, I was DJing on the side during these times, but when I started really getting into that, I kind of kind of went away from the mantra world. You know, I personally think mantra is very powerful. Um, I don't have a daily mantra practice per se. You know, sometimes I will chant Om Namah Shivaya. You know, um, I like the Shiva mantra. <laughs> and, um, but I, I just don't have a mantra practice right now. But that was part of my spiritual journey for many years, you know. Huh. And uh, a lot of people don't know about that. No, I didn't know that about you either. That's awesome. I mean, as I search through your music, I mean, there's there's several that have mantra chant on there. Even some of the older stuff that 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 you had was was uh, I think um, maybe maybe more saturated with that. I mean, you know, I have several that I that I love. uh, um, You know, I anything to do with Ganesh. Ganesh is Mm -hmm. uh, you know is is one that I really love. Yeah, absolutely. It tends to be one that I go to, and um, you know, may all beings be you know free. I think is 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 is, um, uh, that one's a really powerful one to me. But I think the one that I use the most is one that Ram Das gifted us. You know, before his passing, uh, uh, another DJ uh, was interviewing him and made an album with him. And, oh, yeah. And he said his mantra is, I am loving awareness. Mm. That's that's his daily practice. That's when he wants to go deep and wants to connect 
to himself is I, I am. Yeah. Oh, he's probably one of my greatest spiritual teachers of this time. And I, I would say that I'm even after his transition now, I'm maybe even closer because yeah. um, the works are coming out. I'm, uh, you know, it's kind of like, isn't that what happens to a lot of, and not, not, not just spiritual teachers, but musicians and, you know, writers and stuff. It's like, you know, you, you, we're in this wheel, if you will, we're, we're living our incarnation and we don't know if we're one step away from that self-realization or, our, you know, our transition to death, that the next moment could be that. But, um, you know, we, we learn and we, we grow along the way. And I, I just think that it's really a, a a beautiful thing to be closer to that spiritual teacher now than I ever was. You've, you know, he had his be here nows and had all of his books and stuff, but now I'm like almost a yeah. daily listener to, to podcasts and mm, um, so much good stuff. And his last book, I don't know if it was last book or not, but be love now. That's an, I don't know if you've heard, like read that. I listened yeah. to the audio book. It's an incredible book, you know? And um, if you ever get a chance, if you're a big fan of Ram Dass, check out his lectures he gave in Naropa university. Okay on the Bhagavad Gita, man, I mean, his stories, and this is like, I think like peak, like seventies, you know, and, and it just, the recording is great. Just look up Ramdas mm. lectures, Naropa University, Colorado, you know, on the Bhagavad Gita, it, it's like epic. Like, I'm gonna like, have to, I'm, I'm gonna like, have to. You're like, a... you're like, it's like, you're there, like, oh, you know, it's like, so nice. good. Anyway, so um, yeah, right, right here, I have one. You can see this coming oh, nice. out of the corner here, but this is the the newest one. I haven't actually read it yet. It's called oh. Being Ram Das. It just came oh. out. Wow. Yeah, um, it just came out just really recently, and it's his cool. memoirs. That was, um, I think, it, if I remember right, um, Rameshwar Das is who wrote it, and um, I think he said it took him ten years to to collect wow. all this, and finally released it after his transition. So that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that he probably um, would say it, but he, he was ready and, and decided when he was going to transition and had a, totally. a good life. And I, I guess that's kind of where I'm, where I'm leading this to now is, you know, he had a good life. He, he you know, we tell the story of Ram Das, and, you know, people can look up where he went from, from Harvard professor to, you know, to deep dives into the, to the, to the mind and through our psychedelic experience through changing that into more of a spiritual practice with his guru in northern india which is how i relate mostly to him because that's i was in northern india when i lived there mm. and it's just very and then coming back to just talk about his experiences in a very um easy to understand very uh very simplistic way and i think that's what i like most about him is it was it was the way that it was just very easily understood the concepts that seem so far away they seem so eastern right like we, they just seem like that doesn't exist anymore you know that that enlightenment thing that self-realization thing doesn't happen that was to yeah you know maybe that was yogananda maybe that was you know the dalai lama but that doesn't happen with with westerners and i would you know of course disagree with it that we that we can go deeper and Absolutely. i think i think it has to do with what is our good life consist of and what are we filling our what are we filling our cup with to get there and and i want to ask you what are what do you need to fill your cup with to have a good life what does that include um not just in a, a householder experience or a business experience but i'm talking about more as 
when you're getting to the end of your days to say, I lived a good life, what does that cup look like that you filled it with? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And it's a, it's a beautiful subject for us to contemplate on, I think like regularly, because I mean, I definitely think about that. And I think for me right now, you know, um, I'm, all, I'm almost 40 and uh, I'm married and I have a two-year-old. And uh, for me, like having a good life feels right now like being on purpose as far as knowing what your purpose is to experience and be you know as far as like work goes or whatever it is like how am I spending my time in my life right and so if I can look at that person and be like you know I'm doing what exactly I want to do you know I'm on mission um, that's a big check right there for a good life like I'm doing that and and the key thing with that is like making that into a living like an income to support family okay because you can't just do a hobby and not pay the bills you know you got to if it's a hobby it needs to become a, a job that can pay your bills because that's a big part is that if i can take that passion purpose work make it into my career which is what i've personally done and working on doing because it's not i haven't just figured it all out because it's it's a total like hustle and a half you know like doing what I do is not easy because it's like, there's not a lot of it out there and you're creating the opportunity all the time. So that to me is a great feeling that I'm able to provide for myself and my family doing what I absolutely love. I feel like I'm on track. There's no regrets there. Um, like if I were to die tomorrow, you know, I'm just saying like, I could look back and say, wow, like no regrets. I actually did everything that I wanted to do to this point traveling, music, there's no like desires that I, like human, like I think like desires are good, you know, in a sense where like a lot of times if you, okay, I'll share about this. This is actually kind of important in my opinion to talk about a good life because one of my teachers told me how like, you know, when we have certain desires as human beings, a lot of times like that desire will just lurk around our existence. Like, like, oh, I got to do this. I want to do this. I really want to do this. It's like, you need to just go ahead and do it. Okay. Uh, Cause in that process of doing it, you know, you may realize this is actually not for me. You know, I actually don't need to be doing this. I actually don't like to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause a lot of times if we don't, and when I'm saying desires, I'm not talking about like bad desires. I'm talking about, it could be, but I'm talking more like life passion desires. Like I really want to be a musician or I wanna be a dancer, or I wanna go build schools in Africa, or I wanna go build schools in the South side of Chicago, whatever that is, if it's something you really wanna do, go and try to do it, but go through it so you don't have that regret when you're on your deathbed being like, I always wanted to do this and I couldn't do that, right? I didn't do it. I don't wanna have those kinds of regrets. Uh, so to me, it's about being on mission, having a healthy relationship with that, providing for family, making good money so I can enjoy life and really being kind to myself and to others. So kindness is a big part, you know, and experiencing abundance in a way where I'm not hoarding it or like holding it back so I can really be in flow with it and not worrying that I won't have enough later, really trusting the universe to know that like I can enjoy it right now and I, it will be provided for me later. So these are like perspectives and I'm sure people disagree with some of this, but 
I'm feeling really good about that right now in my life. Um, and like I said, I could go tomorrow and have no regrets being like, I, sh I could have done this. I should have done that. I shouldn't have done that. This feels yeah. solid. And 12 years ago, when I was still in the corporate scene, I couldn't say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the word is fulfillment. Like when you can ask someone like, hey, do you feel fulfilled with what you are doing right now? Like, if you have, mm. like an honest fulfillment, like, how, do you feel that? If you can answer yes, then that's a great sign. If you're like, mm, no, then we need to look deeper and maybe make some tweaks. So a, a good life is being on purpose. It is deliberately creating your life, whether that be yes. abundance, success, yeah. love, relationships. And, and so being on purpose, deliberately creating your life and being kind. And, mm -hmm. and I, and having, and being of service is what I heard from you. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's wonderful because those are the things that we, we hear from all kinds of spiritual teachers, right? All this Huxley talked about being kind mm -hmm. and, and the Dalai Lama talks about being, you know, being kind. Whereas, you know, Gandhi talked about being of service and, you know, we, we, we have all these things that keep coming up. Like, it's like, if you don't hear it, it's going to go full circle and come back around and we're going to be told, Hey, live now, live right yeah. now. Don't live in the past. I mean, I don't think that you go to a, you know, make it your creative process to make an album and think about your corporate life. You know, you don't, <laughs> you think about how am I feeling today? How Absolutely. am I, you know, what is inspiring me today? It might be that the sky is blue and that's what's inspiring me. And that might become part of the album cover, you know, or whatever that is your process, but um, it is about being right here, right now, and deliberately creating, you know, Abraham Hicks talks about that. And there's oh, yeah. other, other, other teachers, uh, uh, Eckhart Tolle and so forth is to talk about how this moment right now may be your only, or it could be your last, or it could be the one that leads to the next, no matter what happens, it is still the most important. I think I was listening to, uh, to Dan Millman talk about, you know, when you throw your keys up in the air, when you go to catch them, you're not thinking mm -hmm. about the tasks that you need to do later that day you're only thinking about catching yeah you're That's you're only one. you're only thinking about catching that at that moment and then you go back to your mind's process and you know our meditation our breath work is what kind of slows that down and never stops spinning you know when I, when I lived in india i was told that when we can control our breath we can control our mind when we can control our mind we can control our body mm -hmm. and and it's kind of that process like you know of let's be here then and that the the breath is the what really brings us the calming of that whirlwind of our mind yeah now our whirlwind is needed though wouldn't you agree the whirlwind is needed that's where your memories are that's where absolutely you know where it's going to be there it's not going to just go away your mind is not going to stop no no it's not going <laughs> it's not going to stop you know you live in uh you live in florida now right and, and uh, for yeah till the end of this month and then okay. we're trying to move here yeah anyways so it's Florida. Well, so you're getting out before hurricane season, which is good. That's where I was going with this is that, you know, I lived in Florida and we would have these giant hurricanes, you know, that would rip through and, you know, everywhere, anywhere from about May till about October, we were on constant alert, you know, and I had the great privilege of being in the eye of a storm um, on several occasions, being able to be in the middle of that whirlwind um, mm. Uh, very looked down upon by local authorities to be out during those times but there's something really beautiful about when that whirlwind goes by it tears up you know the beach the neighborhood and then you have that moment of 
it's almost an eerie, quiet, calm, the eye of the storm. I mean, you still know the storm's happening around you, but you can kind of sit for a moment in that peace, that place of peace. And I think um, mm -hmm. we find that in our meditation, but I, I really think that I find that too, listening to some of your music where I can slow down, be in the moment and just hear, and just hear, and just kind of be there and listening to the subtleties, the, the bass, the, the beats, and it's all very, very mindful, um, mindfully produced. And I, and, and I think that's where you, you set yourself apart from others is that mindfully produced vibration, you know, and, and, and how our vibration is, is important more than just what are the lyrics? I mean, the very, you know, very few of your songs are, have lyrics are mostly um, instrumental. Yeah. Um, you know, we're moving beyond what is being said, but what is being felt. And I think um, if you could talk a little bit about that feeling, because I'm, I'm, I'm maybe assuming this, but what message do you want to leave your listeners with when they listen to your music? What do you want them to maybe feel or what do you want them to maybe even notice in your music? Yeah, um, I think the feeling that I want, like my, per it just goes back to my purpose. I want them to feel more empowered and enlivened. You know, I want them to feel more awake, you know, after they experience a class, say, or a DJ set or a song they're listening to on Spotify is where, where they're like, wow, like I feel more energized, you know, or just the sense of being, you know, this feeling good. And, um, and of course I have some songs that are a little bit dark, more darker, but most of my music is, I would say, um, music that can be enjoyed in like some sort of a practice or a playlist where people feel like good afterwards. Hmm. That's, that's the intention, you know? Um, and, and notice wise, you know, I'm not really an analytic type person. So I don't think, I don't think of, what I want, I don't want them to be like, oh, I can notice the snare drum or like, you know, I want them to mm -hmm. just kind of like notice an overall feel of like, again, of like an awakened experience. Like how can that be sonically experienced even with a song with beats and stuff like that? Hmm. You know? Yeah, my, my, some of my favorite are the, the more primal in uh, feeling, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. mostly because of the style yoga I teach of Budokan yoga. It's, mm. It has those primal elements and that's really what I, what I love. It kind of takes me I would say that it even transforms us in the way of our human capacity. We're wearing our, our clothing, we're in our yoga studio and the music itself creates environment, just like lighting. You know, you have lighting behind you. I have tapestry yeah. from India here. We create an environment, but I think the music in many forms creates that environment. Ashtangi Absolutely. yogis would disagree. <laughs> they would disagree that, that you don't need Just music but no music at all for them yeah yep. no music at all but others would say that it's it's a as a key element so i would encourage my listeners and those who are listening to consider the idea if they're using any music to to go to djtazrashid.com the royalty free section amazing lots of stuff get on your newsletter because you randomly release some free downloads which i Absolutely. love i've used yeah. them in a few videos and posted them myself because it's yeah. great that you that you that you do those you. um and then and then every single music streaming service that's out there um i think they can find you um yeah. is a 
and and do you have do you have merchandise stuff too on your website? I you know, I, I most of my merch now I just have when I do live events. I'm not okay. because I'm not home in Chicago. Like, but if you ever see me live, like I probably have some cool merch and things like that available. I was uh, just looking at your sweatshirt and I was like, hold on, stay. Oh, I stay was cool. like, I yeah, this, this is a this is a spiritual gangster. Um, oh, okay. I thought it was from from your Gold Flow like song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. I was like, oh yeah, that would be amazing if it was <laughs> like an old, this is an old sweatshirt too. <laughs> probably the most comfortable out of all oh, of them, but they're they're so good. Yeah. All well, good. so they know where people know where to find you, and you're going you're going on the road, so that they. Um, they should just get on your mailing list so they can keep up. Yeah. I know, you know, so they can keep up with where you're going to be. I would like you to come to, to Utah. We're going to oh, talk about to. talk yeah. about the Southern Utah Yoga Festival and that happening. We are, um, you know, last year we had to bring it indoors and make it virtual. But this year we're looking at taking it outside. And I can, I can come out there and I can bring 100 headphones. Yeah, yeah. Some, I actually travel with my sound off headphones. So people that are listening is like we were talking about it. I actually fly with a hundred headphones and I can go to a festival or wherever and do these cool experiences. Um, like I did this with, with Mammoth, uh, Mammoth Yoga Festival mm. when, you know, and I'll probably be doing that this year with them. I, I've even done that with some Wanderlust events, right? Bring the headphones to them, you know, and uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. Like you said, you can be outdoors by the waterfall or wherever. All you need is a battery pack, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do, do you offer um do you offer at some of these festivals do you offer meditation and breath work um uh, I, I actually also? have i i don't teach yoga but i do have a couple of cool uh movement and uh, meditation experiences so we okay. can talk about that yeah um, so I, and i and i lead those yes um and they're really cool especially with the headphones because i the guided meditation ones are cool because I use my binaural beat frequencies. Mm -hmm. So it yeah. allows people to go into deep theta and we do some visioning work, empowerment work, opening up the directions, things like that. And uh, people feel really good. It's uh, I've been teaching that for about four or five years now. They're always packed at the festivals and people really enjoy them. So um, I'm happy to offer that wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll look at here by uh, down at Zion for sure. in Southern cool. Utah. So I, um, I know that your uh, your schedule is full. The way you talk about it, it's, it's I don't like to use the word busy ever because it seems like a negative connotation. But you but you have a, a full schedule. So to get on your schedule is probably a couple of months out, right? If they want if they wanted you to come to a, a festival or it just really depends. You know, you'd yeah. be surprised because of COVID um, world. Like it's not like I'm touring like I normally have yeah. been since like say you know, whenever till 2019, you know, so there's definitely like June's pretty busy, July's starting to get busy, but there's definitely openings. And um, I think a lot of communities around the US are starting to realize, hey, we can do events this summer outdoors, you know, they're just kind of like, that's setting in motion for them. And so more and more events will happen for sure. And then I think fall will be a great time for events yeah it's gonna be good so when is your when is the year festival when is the um we're, so we're still in the planning if we're going to do it this fall um okay. and and we're and, and i think that we're that's probably going to be the thing um either that or we're planning on next spring see the summer here in southern utah is not a good place for festivals in the summertime um Got it's it. just it's quite hard yeah, because it's so good. hot it's yeah, just really really hot so i'm talking with them about doing that so yep yeah, we'll we'll put it together and i'll cool. i'll be in contact with you um Thank you for joining today. I, you know, I really appreciate your time. I want to respect your time. We've gone a little bit over, but I, um, I, I like going deeper into, into 
the thought processes of the people who I respect and, and, and enjoy the, your, you know, whether it would be a book or your music or whatnot. Um, tell us before I let you go, um, what's, what's coming up for you in the way of releases or um, any projects that you're working on that you're interested in talking about? Yeah, I'm not sure when uh, this podcast will be released, but May 21st, my album Peaceful Warrior is coming out. And uh, a lot of the songs you've heard, I've released them as singles into this year. And yeah. uh, but the full album will be out. And, um, you know, I'm just I've been writing a lot of music since I've been down here in Florida. So I'm just going to be releasing music every week for who knows when, like for mm -hmm. a while. Uh, there's just a lot of music to release. And uh what I'm looking forward to, a couple main things, is I'm possibly moving to Florida with my family in July. So for me, that's a big shift as far as selling our home in Chicago and then moving here. Yeah. So I'm in the process of that. And the other thing is uh, new opportunities. I'm like, you know, I'm constantly meeting people online or wherever to like book events. So I'm very open to like come out to communities. I actually personally, yes, I love big festivals and stuff, but I actually really love small intimate events with communities that don't get this like this special kind of like yoga dj music experiences so mm -hmm. i love visiting like small towns small like areas of like where people are like really like wanting this they may not be able to get to the big city or the expensive festival so um if anyone out there listening you you organize events or you want to do something cool in your city like you know reach out to me um anything's possible I've done super small, intimate events for communities, but they absolutely loved it. And then experience was so rich, yeah. they'll never forget it. So I know the power is not in the numbers, but it's in the level of offering and intention that's, that these events are built with. So, um, so that's what I love to do. And I'm really sticking just to USA this year. Uh, maybe Mexico, but I'm not doing much international travel much at all. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate that the, your your passion and your creativity and, and the things that you're creating. I'm definitely um, a, a big supporter and we hope to be working with you this year again. Yeah, um, thanks thanks for joining on the podcast today. Thank you, guys. Um, com. You can contact him there and download um, there, get on the mailing list and so forth. So thank you, Great. sir. Thank much you, Ryan. Love, much love. Thank you. Much love to you. Thank you.